everyone. This is Sportify. I'm Bianca. Adam is back. And this is our Olympic closeout episode part two. So we are going to talk about underrated moments in the games, as well as all of the other sports we didn't talk about in part one. The first underrated moment, and this is an editor's pick, this is not a definitive list, is when Fiji defeated New Zealand in the final for the men's rugby in the 2020 games. So Fiji, if you do not know, is a very small island. Also, they have Fiji water. (laughs) After Fiji defeated New Zealand, the men basically broke down on the field and they hadn't seen their families for several months because of the Olympics and preparing for the Olympics and COVID and all of that stuff. So after they won, the men broke out in um, a traditional song that they all know and it translates to we will overcome so it had overcome a lot the island of fiji with over twenty-five thousand cases of covid the citizens of fiji immediately went to the streets to celebrate and it just brought the whole country together and again that is the whole point of the olympics so on the women's side the Kiwis. <laughs> and if you don't know what a Kiwi is, please go back and listen, because I'm not getting into this again with Adam. <laughs> so that is the Olympic spirit. That is what we're talking about. That is the whole purpose of the games. You know, it's nothing without that. What do you think, Adam? Um, yeah, in into smaller countries like like Fiji and even to some extent New Zealand. Um, these these moments are are moments of, of huge national pride, where in, in countries like the United States, when we bring home what thirty nine gold medals, mm-hmm. you know, one individual gold win has less weight to it um, than some of these smaller countries. Absolutely, and the next underrated moment would be in Taekwondo. Now, I did not watch. Taekwondo, but I did hear about this. So it was under the radar because of all the other sports going on, hence the underrated moment. And it actually came from a Team USA Taekwondo athlete, Anastasia Zolotic. And she defeated Tatiana Menina of the ROC to win the Taekwondo gold in the women's 57 kg weight class. And she's only 18. She became the first American woman to ever win a Taekwondo gold medal. The first U.S. Taekwondo participant to win a medal ever since Steven Lopez won an Olympic title in 2004. So it's been a while. And prior to winning her gold, she had already earned gold medals at the Pan American Games and the World Junior Championships, along with a silver medal at the Youth Games in 2018. So if she continues like this, you know, she might be back in Paris. Probably she will. But um, she could also become the face of U.S. Taekwondo. So. So the next moment is in skateboarding. Now, I did watch skateboarding, and that was very entertaining. So all of the young women that were in skateboarding, and I mean young, I'm talking like 13, (laughs) debuted and conquered the Olympics. So as we know, skateboarding was just added to the games, finally. And 
it is a part of a wider initiative to grow the Olympics appeal with younger people. So it actually has done that and more and a lot of new fans. Like I became a huge fan of Olympic skateboarding because there's no real time to watch the X Games, you know? Like sometimes I just turn on the TV and I'm like, oh, the X Games are on. Like I'm not, I'm not waiting to watch it, you know? Like right. I am gymnastics or something. It's just I not like as- the X Games is, I feel like the X Games is always on. Yeah. It's, it's so strange. You can turn the TV on and there's a good chance they're either showing a rerun or it's the X Games. Yeah, exactly. It was a very easygoing competition, not the competition itself, but you know, like their their uniforms and or outfits are very chill and they look like skateboarders as what you would expect a skateboarder to wear. So across the two women's events, four of the medalists who lit up the courses were only 13 and no one was beyond their teens. So there were a few upsets, and it is going to be very exciting for the Paris 2024 uh, return. And Japan took gold in both men and women, silver in park skateboarding. And then I, I talked about this. It is separated between street skateboarding and park skateboarding. So if you are interested in that, please go look at those um, medals and such. So. This is this is one of the events um, that ho- uh, Host Nation Japan just had a phenomenal turnout at. Um, they had five total Olympic medals in this event, three gold, a bronze, and a silver. Um, they killed it. And mm-hmm. th- of those five medals, four of them came from women. So oh, this was really a point of, of, of great success for Host Nation Japan. Sky Brown, who's actually my favorite female skateboarder. She's only 13 and I got word of her when she was on Dancing with the Stars Juniors. Um, I was like, who is this kid? And she won, by the way. Um, Spoiler, I don't know if anyone was wondering about that specific season (laughs) about Dancing with the Stars Juniors, not sponsored. Um, But I found out she's a skateboarder and she's also a surfer. And anyone who can do two sports like that, i.e. Sean White, snowboarder and skateboarder it just like they're kind of similar i get it (laughs) but i would be so focused on one i could not do two what do you think well i I, you know i've said this before i got pickleball down so i just gotta find the second sport Um, and then i'll be in the it's swimming right i got the bill i I gotta lean down a little bit get a bit more aerodynamic in the water so for those of you who don't know go back and listen to our episodes. Adam is 6'4". So he's Michael Phelps height. And we joked that he should get into the pool. And um, also, back to skateboarding a little bit. I We were evaluating it a couple, a couple months back. And I said, I don't know if, if Tokyo's like the epicenter like it is here in America because skateboarding is extremely popular in the States. And Adam goes, actually, uh, yeah, it, it kind of dominates it's Japan. And I was like, oh, and that's where we're going. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, when I was reading about this, getting ready for the Olympics um, and getting ready for our episode, if everything I read kind of made it sound like the US was one and Japan was very close behind at two in the world of skateboarding. 
I really liked learning about these new athletes. Some of them I knew, some of them I had heard of, some of them I did not, because where on earth do you watch skateboarding besides the championships and the X Games? Like it's not on. So I, I got to experience that and now I want to go to a skateboard competition. <laughs> so, you know, pack your bags, Adam, that's our next stop. <laughs> that's our next stop. But Let's so it, it. it's like a whole squad and a whole fandom that you can now be a part of. And I really enjoyed that. Same thing with surfing and we'll get to that. So another underrated moment would be Lee Kiefer's fencing gold. Now, fencing is very weird to me. No disrespect if you are a fencer, but you look like a Q-tip and it is the big, <laughs> you do, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. We know I'm big on the outfits, Adam. <laughs> uh, oh my, yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot. <laughs> um, but that is the biggest fake out sport I've ever seen. The entire sport is just like, faking your opponent out and kind of scaring them a bit and twitching. That's what I see it as. Now it's cool when they when they do get it, but I, I just, I turned it on and I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't watch these Q-tip beekeepers out there. Um, <laughs> now, it takes a lot of skill. I could never do it. And I'm so not related to it that I just don't get it. Like, so I'm, I know it's an ancient sport and I know that, but it's not my cup of tea. <laughs> but I do remember when Lee Kiefer won the gold. So she, in 2012, which was London, she was a teenager and she made a very good run into the quarter, quarterfinals. And in 2016, which is in Rio, she went to Notre Dame, the University of Notre Dame, in the middle of a four-year run as NCAA champion, she lost around earlier at that Olympics. But I mean, when you're going to college and doing the Olympics, that's a lot. Not only you're an elite athlete, but you are also an NCAA athlete, and that is a lot of pressure. Um, so in 2021, by the way, Miss Lee Kiefer, she's also a med student. <laughs> I was about to say, I just found out she's a med student, University of Kentucky, College she of is. Medicine. This reminds me of Maya Dorado from Swimming. I don't know if you know who that is. I do not. But she was in the London Olympics, I believe, and won gold and all that jazz. One of my favorite swimmers ever. And she was like, yeah, this is my last Olympics. And now she's like a um, an engineer, like a really successful engineer. And... Wow. Um, so she's a, Lee Kiefer is a med student who held the number one ranking and also married a fellow US fencer who is also a gold medalist. So she's, she's been busy and she almost went out of the round of 16 again. She needed to rally twice to beat Canadian Eleanor Harvey, but she was able to get it done in the next two rounds. And the defending champion and reigning world champion, Durgaslova, was in the final. So Kiefer had worked really hard to beat this Canadian in the semi semifinal and does so, but now she's got an even harder match coming up. Kiefer led, yeah, Kiefer led early and Durgoslavia is Russian. 
and they tied it at 12 to 12. Now, don't ask me how fencing scoring works. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But Kiefer finished strong, and she took three of the last four points to claim the gold. That is incredible. You know, with all that she's doing, with all that, you know, we just talked about, just casually being a med student and also a gold medalist, you know, having a really tough semifinal match and then having to go into that final with a Russian fencer, it is just incredible and the pictures from fencing are actually some of the best oh my god oh my god yes okay i have a slight problem i i'm kind of obsessed with photos that come out of the olympics um (laughs) i I might have a folder on my computer with almost 500 images that make up my screensaver love okay here's my reasoning for loving fencing the it just is set up for phenomenal photography it's a dark room, so it, they're, it's almost always on a black background. They're in a white suit, okay? The one you think looks like a Q-tip. It does, but okay. And they have stage lighting, like this super dramatic stage lighting that just looks so good. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, it's very similar in, in the Winter Olympics. One of the best uh, sports or um, like photos is bobsled and um, and uh, skull because they're coming down the track and the track is white and their board is often uh, like a dark color and the lighting is like just right overhead and it makes such good photos. Yeah, I may not understand fencing that much when it comes to the actual sport, but the photos of it are just incredible. Um, because some Olympic sports- photos in general. Oh yeah. Some of the sports are just too quick. Like they happen way too fast and it's really hard to get photos. You know, track, sometimes swimming, uh, gymnastics, speed skating, stuff like that. You know, it's just like, oh my God, their their shutter speed <laughs> must be They're, so fast. Yeah, and, and uh, Canon, um, the international, uh, not even Canon USA, it's Canon International. They go out of their way to make sure that these like world-class photographers are equipped with all the equipment they could ever possibly need uh, to capture the games. Like that's one of the things they do as a, as a sponsor. Oh, absolutely. And you can't like come home after the games and not have good photos, you know? Right. So also like we talked about at one point, the next underrated moment, which I actually didn't think it was that underrated, but Diaz won the first medal for the Philippines in weightlifting. Also the first medal ever for the Philippines in any sport. Again, we were talking about this earlier. It is a huge amount, not of pressure, because when you haven't won, you have nothing to lose. So, but it is a huge accomplishment winning your country's first medal at all. Um, So, the Philippines is not a small nation. Its population is actually well over 100 million. Larger than France and Australia combined. (laughs) So, get that in your head. (laughs) Um, Olympic gold medals for France and Australia, all time, 487, okay? Olympic gold medals for the Philippines of all time, prior to Tokyo, zero. That's just crazy. So, enter Diaz, 
the weightlifter, four-time Olympian, 2016 silver medalist. So the Philippines does have some medals in other colors, just never a gold. So she's 30 years old. She had to leave the Philippines because of the pandemic for Malaysia, training predominantly in a rented apartment and using heavy bags for weights, not to damage the floors. I love that. (laughs) On the Tokyo platform, she managed to get herself back into metal contention ahead of the final clean and jerk attempt. This was a lift of 280 pounds, which is two kilograms more than her personal best. And it helped her deliver her nation's first ever Olympic gold medal. And it was really, really great to watch. She couldn't believe it. Like, what would you do, Adam, if you were the first athlete to get your nation gold? I would get the biggest ego, like, ever. <laughs> I really would. I'd be like, do you know who I am? Right. I, I Walk did. around with your medal around your neck. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's Gosh. it. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. I can't remember. I have to find it. I, I saw a picture uh, of a weightlifter. It was posted by the official Instagram account of the Olympics. But it was an Olympian who probably was back home by now. Uh, and she was laying down with two Olympic medals, like on her eyes, like you would at like a salon, <laughs> like um, whatever that whatever cucumbers, what eyes, cucumbers, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, it was so funny. It was just like it humanized the athlete, and I can't remember for the life of me who it was. But uh, that is yeah. fantastic. I, I mean, I just I would take my medal everywhere. <laughs> I guess is the moral of the story. I would just I would bring it with me wherever I went. <laughs> I love that. There it is. Here it is. Who is this person? Uh, three-time Olympian, Rio 2016. Uh, Sarah, all, all, Sarah Ale. Where is she from? Oh, Team USA. What does she do? <laughs> what's more, what's more, oh, weightlifting. Oh, well, Weightlifting perfect. for Team USA. Perfect. That's hilarious. Yeah, so she's posing in this picture. She's got, looks like a bronze medal from Rio and a bronze medal from Tokyo. The next underrated moment, I think Adam talked about this briefly when we talked about soccer. Barbara Banda lights up the group stage. So she is from Zambia and Mm -hmm. they entered the soccer tournament, ranked 104th, okay? In, In the entire nation of FIFA, that's where they were ranked. They were the lowest ranked team in the field. So no one expected them to do well at all. Um, but regardless, you're in the Olympics. So also just a fun fact, I think I mentioned this before, but all of Zambia's women's team, they are under 5'2". Five, 5'3 five, or 5'2". Um, in height. <laughs> I'm 5'3". So I'm probably taller than some of the Zambia national team. So. Where's my spot on the team? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Barbara Banda is a striker, and she did not care about Zambia's low record. She did what Adam mentioned, her hat tricks. Absolutely sensational against the Netherlands. And I think she did like three of them. I Um, believe she, yeah, I know she had a hat trick against the Netherlands for sure, and I think she had a second one later on. And for those of you who don't know, as I said, Zambia was ranked 
ranked 104, and the Netherlands was ranked number four. <laughs> so, now they lost the match, Zambia, very badly. Score was 10 to three. But Banda absolutely dominated the game, player of the game, 100%. So, on the next match day, Zambia went against China, and she did another hat trick. So she found the back of the net three more times, leading Zambia to a 4-4 draw. The first ever, and it's first ever point in an Olympic soccer competition. So despite failing to advance from the group stage, she was just a huge success. And it was- She came to play no matter, no matter how good her team would do. Absolutely. And um, she was electrifying. So, okay. And then the next one is about gymnastics. Now, I'll keep it short. (laughs) This is about Rebecca Andrade. So, she is Brazilian and was their only athlete, Brazil's only gymnast. And she's 22. She made history as the first Brazilian woman to win a medal in artistic gymnastics by claiming silver in the all-around, but then upped herself a few days later and won gold on vault, just casually. So, um, And who won the gold in the all-around? Suni Lee, as we've discussed. So um, you may not have heard of her before Tokyo because like when in the international stage, we can keep up with the Team USA gymnasts all we want, but we can't really watch Brazilian gymnastics or any other country for that matter. M- maybe a few from, from the Russians. But other than that, we really don't see them until they get to the Olympics. So now we do see them at Worlds. I'll take that back. But that's only once. So yeah, but she won two, me- two medals. So yeah. A, there was a seven-man playoff for bronze in the men's golf competition. So, after four rounds of golf, in really harsh weather, by the way, Team USA's Xander, I think it's Schaffel. Okay, so Xander. <laughs> um, yeah, Mr. Xander. Mr. Xander, Mrs. Osaka, Mr. Xander. <laughs> um, so, also... Um, I have to put it in the pocket. I have to. This morning, I was walking around campus. <laughs> Adam knows exactly where I'm going with this. Um, <laughs> and I legit was going to the bookstore on my merry way. And then <laughs> I look up. And the, now I know also Mrs. Osaka is much taller than this girl was. But um, this girl looked like Naomi Osaka. Like, I I swear to you. I swear. And I didn't know what to do with myself. (laughs) And immediately went to my phone. Where's Kiwi? (laughs) Texted Adam. I hope you were nicer to her than you would be to Mrs. Osaka. I I just walked past her. I didn't do anything, say anything. But I looked at her a good five seconds. (laughs) And like, what would I would have done? That was the fun fact of my day today. Yeah, I seriously was like, why is Naomi Osaka here? And she's going to get a piece of my mind. <laughs> um, no, I'm Listen kidding. here, Missy. You need to do <laughs> press conferences all the way and commit. or never do another one again. Um, seriously, though. So, Xander 
Slovakia's Rory Shabatini, let's 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 go with that, grabbed silver. But seven men were tied for third in the men's Olympic golf competition. A surprisingly intense and fast-paced death match. The field actually shrunk very quickly with one person, you know, it went one by one with one person missing a stroke and then they were slowly weeded out until C.T. Pan was the only man left standing. That's very dramatic. (laughs) But yeah, and um, he snagged the bronze, but it's the first ever seven-man playoff for bronze. You might know some of the big names that were in that tie um, for third, Colin Morikawa of the USA, who just won himself a major, and Rory McIlroy uh, uh, of Ireland were both tied in in there. Yes, Ireland. Um, <laughs> so, in just to finish up talking about soccer a little bit, so like we talked about before, Brazil defended the men's soccer gold in overtime versus Spain. Very good match. And then Canada captured the women's soccer gold on penalty kicks. And I remember walking in, walking in, going into the Olympics. They said, you know, Canada has a silver and bronze, but they do not have their gold. So now they finally have it. And of course, women team USA won bronze. Very exciting. So um, Mexico beat Japan in the men's soccer bronze medal match. So just really fantastic soccer. I seriously think that was one of the best soccer series I've ever watched besides maybe the World Cup. Uh, so I was confused because as I was I was watching the Olympics and Mexico was about to play, um, I think a bronze medal match um, in the men's side of, of Olympic soccer, but Mexico was also about to play Team USA oh, yeah, in the yeah. Gold Cup. And so I was like super confused. So uh, with the help of the internet, I figured out men's Olympic soccer is supposed to be all of your athletes are under the age of 23. And then you get two or three exceptions to that rule um, to kind of like be like team captains or like leaders on your team. Whereas the team that was playing in the gold cup against the United States, uh, that would have been the Mexican national team. Whereas the Olympics would have been the under 23 team. Yes, and I, how we found out about this, I, Adam sent me a long voice memo one day trying to break down this algorithm for me. <laughs> Literally like, hey, do you know like why this is, why it is? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I did not know a single thing he was saying to me. Okay, so we're going to move into track and field highlights. Now, Adam, do you want to talk about track and field or race walking? <laughs> um, you know, no disrespect to the hard work of the race walking community, but I would rather talk about track and field or as it is officially called athletics. Yes. And the men's 100 meter, which is the quickest of all of them, and one of the most exciting to watch, arguably. So Jacobs from Italy claimed gold, and people were not expecting that. So go back and watch the ho- uh, the highlight. It, Huge surprise. Yeah, like he was like, "What? <laughs> like I just Huge. won gold." Huge surprise. I was not. I was like, "Holy crap! Italy just won the 100 meter." Mm-hmm. And they never win, by the way. Like they never win in track. 
USA's Baker, there's a good, by the way, we were talking about photos earlier. There's a good photo of this. He clocked nine seconds and 83 milliseconds in the 100 meter final. And the photo is him next to another racer and they are just neck and neck. But yeah, so. What's the first name? Uh, I don't know. Last but name Baker. Last name is Baker, Team USA. Or did you find the photo? Uh, no, I I I'm, I did a dumb. I searched USA Baker and I got a picture of a guy holding a baguette. <laughs> I didn't know what else to put into the Google search in. I just looked up USA Baker. How about USA Track and Field Baker? <laughs> Maybe Team USA. Wow. <laughs> you didn't give me much to work with. You just gave me Baker. I got some other. I got a. I got Perry Baker. That guy plays rugby. <laughs> oh. Who's this guy? Uh, that guy is going to Baker bib on from Team USA. This looks like. Hold on. This could be promising. Is he next to. Yeah, I mean, uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it sounds funny, but it was it was kind of embarrassing in the moment. I'll, that's the picture I have. <laughs> oh um, god! And then that's the picture I think he's in. So you can compare the two; they're not alike. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> Let me look. This at is this. this is quality content. Yes, that's the picture at the bottom, but the first one. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got when I searched USA Baker. <laughs> okay, moving on into the men's 110 meter hurdles. Ooh, um, <laughs> Jamaica defeated, um, let's see, hold on. Jamaica's Parchment is the last name, defeats Holloway, winning the hurdles gold. So to the men's 1500 meter Norway won this one. Um, Jacob Ingerbristen, he won. And I think that's right. I actually think that's right. I think that sounds spot on to me. In the men's 200 meter, Andre Degrassi, he got his first Olympic gold in the 200 meter, and he is from Canada. He actually beat his personal best in the semifinal with 19 seconds and 73 milliseconds. Damn, <laughs> shit. That is so fast, dude. So, in the men's 4 by 100 meter relay, Italy had a photo finish. Another Italian win there, and they had a late comeback for that. So, this is where Carl Lewis from Team USA um, formerly said that the 4 by 100 meter relay was not our best work <laughs> because they failed to advance to the final which is hasn't happened in a long time so but team usa men actually did better in the 4 by 400 meter relay benjamin anchored the team us uh, team usa to easily win gold okay in the men's 400 meter hurdles this is where um norway's Warholm set the new record and he had the best Olympic photos out of everyone. The best Olympic reactions. So 
so good. <laughs> this is my highlight of the athletics uh, discipline uh, or the athletics events at the Tokyo Olympics. Is please, this please talk man about it. And competition. Okay, so he did a 400 meter hurdle. That is one full, you know, lap around the track with 10 hurdles in his path. Okay. Now, do me a favor, go find the men's 400 meter winning time. Okay. Go find that real quick. This man ran around the track and jumped over 10 hurdles in 45.94 seconds, a world record. Okay. Mm -hmm. And compared to the times of the people who did not have to jump over things, it's incredible. The the uh, four hundred meter individual with no hurdles, the winning time was forty three point three seconds. He he was about two seconds slower, having to take his feet off the ground, get them both over in in uh, you know in ten times. That's incredible. That's incredible. It, he's so freaking quick. He should legitimately run the 400 meters without the hurdles. And I think he'd do really well. My favorite track and field event is the pole vault, by the way. In the men's pole vault, we had Duplantis easily got gold and he nearly broke the world record. In the women's 100 meter, um, Jamaican women sweeped the 100 meter dash in Tokyo. Literally one, two, three, gold, silver, bronze, all Jamaican. Dang. Did you see that? I saw it. It was really interesting. I did not see that. It was incredible. Back. It is the, uh, they called it the speed and numbers. And, and then in the women's 100 meter hurdles, Comancho Quinn won the hurdles and uh, USA, Kenny Harrison took the silver. In the women's 200 meter, Thompson Hara achieved a double double, and she's from Team USA. Bronze in the 200 meter. In the women's 4x100 meter relay, Jamaica also won that. In the women's 4x400 meter relay, Allison Felix. Um, this claimed history with the U.S. gold in the women's 4x400 meter relay. And of course, Allison Felix, if you do not know who that is, is one of the most popular Team USA track and field athletes ever. In the women's 400 meter hurdles, Sydney McLaughlin, she is my favorite track and field athlete for Team USA on the women's side. So, she did some late adjustments in the race and ended up winning gold. And by the way, she just got proposed to the other day. So congratulations, Sydney, if you're listening. She edged out, like it was really close actually. So she shattered her own 400 meter hurdle world record in 51.46 seconds for Olympic gold. <laughs> That's crazy. And then finally, in the women's pole vault, American, I think it's Nagoti, 
beat ROC's Sidorova for the pole vault gold. So that is it for track. So we are going to move into um, badminton highlights. Now, along with my speed walking, <laughs> um, I am also very good at badminton. I don't want to brag, but I am. So I watched the beginning rallies because I had never watched badminton before in the Olympics. We're going to talk about the men's doubles first. Now, Malaysia winning bronze. They were so good. Really, just really, really good. And um, I watched them, I forget against who. It was in some of the earlier rounds. But they, anytime they had a good point, they would yell. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> I would be so vocal in, my, in the Olympics, in any sport. Chinese Taipei actually won gold and they were unseated which is kind of a theme here for this Olympics. A lot of underdogs are winning. Have you noticed that? Uh, a lot of underdogs are winning. A lot of established teams are getting knocked out. That's absolutely right. And that unranked Chinese Taipei team beat the People's Republic of China. So yeah. you know that's a big win for them. Oh, absolutely. Because uh, for those of you who don't know, China is insanely good at badminton. So in the women's doubles, <laughs> now, what country won bronze? Adam's favorite, South Korea. <laughs> I'm going to look up one day and Adam's like, so I moved to South Korea. Like, I, <laughs> I really. I, I, I became an assistant archery coach at South Korean <laughs> archery team because I'm just so starstruck. <laughs> this is great. Um, yeah, Adam loves his South Korean archer. Archers. They're so good. Indonesia, they got the women's doubles badminton gold medal. I watched some earlier rounds of the women's doubles. I think I watched, I think I watched, the Netherlands is who I watched and who I really liked. Uh, and in the mixed badminton doubles, Japan won bronze and China got gold. China beat Hong Kong and in order to get to the gold medal match. All right, moving on. That, that is that really quick. Um, and we're not going to talk about uh, softball and baseball because we already did. So if you are interested in those sports, please go back and listen to previous episodes. They're good episodes. And they are good episodes. Sorry, what? I'm, I'm just, I something popped into my mind and I'm off on a rabbit hole on my computer. Oh, um, what'd you do? Uh, I'm, okay, it might be related. There's an Olympian involved. Okay. Uh, so I was hungry and I have a cliff bar in my backpack. So Megan Rapino? Uh, well, kind of. Alex Honnell is on this one. This is the uh, legend. I love this uh, flavor peanut butter banana. Uh, and I was like, who are all the athletes on cliff bars? And okay, uh, Megan Rapino is one. We have to talk about this now. <laughs> what, Cliff Bars? About the athletes on Cliff, but that is brilliant. I'm so glad you brought it up. Okay, let's get let started. Me see if I can find a full list. I can't spell athletes or Cliff apparently. Oh, there's only one athlete. <laughs> there's only one athlete Cliff Bar. No, that's not true. Yeah, there's only one athlete Cliff Bar. It's right here on the packaging. Oh, one F. I thought you said there's only one athlete. I'm like, no. <laughs> 
Uh, like, boy, what you talking about? Six female athletes on limited edition. Okay. From bicycling.com. I wasn't ready for that part, but okay. All right, we got uh, on the cool mint chocolate cliff bar, we have Jordy Barrett, cliff athlete. I think I've seen Uh, that package. Venus William is on the uh, crunchy peanut butter bar. Uh, By the way, this is not sponsored by Cliff. (laughs) Not yet. Not, uh, <laughs> not yet. Cartina, Cartina Nash is on the... Oh, she's on the peanut butter banana? Are you telling me this Alex Honnold bar is a, a collector's item now? <laughs> Are you sure it's Alex Honnold? Uh, d- yeah, that's totally Alex Honnold. I mean, it's a rock climber. I would assume it's Alex Honnold. Well, who did they say it was? Uh, This one actually doesn't have a name on it. I mean, that look... That, this actually doesn't have a name. Oh, oh. On it. I'm just assuming that's Alex Honnell. I don't think you're right. <laughs> Alex Honnell, of course, if you don't know who that is, is the um, person in the documentary Free Solo. Athlete. A cl- is Alex Honnell a cliff bar? Um, <laughs> no. What? The sports bar company Cliff Bar has dropped five of its 20 sponsored oh, climbers. Oh, oh. Why? They include Alex. Why did they drop Mr. Honnell? Oh my God! Why, Why did they Cliff do that? Bar fired five of its top athletes. <gasps> Alex Honnell speaks out on Cliff Bar firing. What? The <laughs> oh, we are so far down a rabbit hole right now. We have to click on it. <laughs> uh, Climber Alex Honnold <sighs> has written an op-ed in the New York Times offering his thought on Cliff Bar's recent decision to fire him and four other climbers from its athletes team. I have a question. Oh, my. Yep, when did this ahead. happen? Uh, oh, shoot. This is November of 2014. Am I this late to the party? <laughs> Adam. <laughs> Dude, I, this legitimately looks like Alex Honnold. This could be him. I could have a limited limited edition cliff bar here. This is 2014. All right, let's keep reading. Hold on. It is no longer comfortable sponsoring athletes who base jump, free solo, climbing without ropes or partners, or slackline. Oh. Honnell 29. Oh. 29. He's older now. This was written in 2014. The I documentary uh, about him came out in 2018. Uh, Honnell is the biggest name in the sport and is known for his unroped sense of massive granite walls. In his editorial, he writes that he was shocked and disappointed to learn of Cliff's decision, but, quote, couldn't help but understand their point of view, end quote. Just as Cliff had decided to draw a line, Honnell explains he makes his own decisions about the risks he's willing to take. Yeah, I, I, I get what they're saying. They're saying you know, on our cliff bar because these, you know, a lot of kids eat the cliff bar and, and they don't want kids going, I should try that with no harness and no this. And yeah, I get what they're saying. Right. Uh, Honnold cites comments from Dan Potter, a prominent climber in the base jump and base jumper who was also fired by Cliff, expressing fears that diversity in extreme sports might be snuffed out by sponsors trying to make like the culture of the sport. Quote, if sponsors back away from risky behavior, it might well slow the growing 
climbing community into a safer, more sterile version of what it is than what it is today, Honol writes. But I tend to think that whether sponsors support such behavior or not shouldn't really have any bearing on our motivations. Whether or not we are sponsored, he concludes, the mountains are calling and we must go. I'm convinced this might, now it doesn't have his name on it, but it is a guy that looks so like him on a cliff bar. And he at one time was a cliff bar athlete. Alex Honnold, cliff bar, cliff bar. Let's see what his face looked like on it. Or maybe he was just sponsored. Maybe he was never on one. No. That doesn't sound right. That's him. It's gotta be him, right? Maybe you got old packaging. <laughs> it's very possible. I'm sending you more images. <laughs> okay, this is this is some some pictures of different cliff bars. Okay, now look at the look at the, the picture on the cliff bar, and then okay. here is a picture of Alex Honnold. Okay, one moment. That's so similar. Well, you can't really tell. What? That's like it's it's just inverted. Well, oh, well, you mean the pose in the picture? Yes, but I'm the saying you can't, you can't tell it's him. Right. I right. think I think that's just like a, a, a cliff climber. Like that's not an athlete, is what I'm saying. Uh, it's a, it's an indescriptive. Oh my god, that's what it is. Because when it's an athlete, it says the name. Okay, fair enough. So, so like, he was sponsored by Cliff, but was never on the cover, like never on the packaging. Did well, I guess, but. Uh, the packaging, they may have taken his name off, but because uh, in the Megan Rapino bar, it says her name on it. Right. Right. We are getting okay, to the well, bottom of this. <laughs> that, is, um, that is shocking, but I will finish the list of the new Cliff Bar athletes. Um, oh, yes. Because Sorry. there are two Olympians on there. Well, there might be more. I, I don't know some of these uh, athletes. Lakey Peterson. She is on the chocolate brownie cliff bar. So, for the first time ever, the packaging of our favorite cliff bar flavors is joining, is getting a makeover. The brand is replacing the classic image of a climber with images of trailblazing female athletes on the wrapper of their six most popular flavors. Starting March 10th. Uh, when was it? March 10th of, you know, last year. Uh, the change will take effect with all the players that we just listed. These cliff-sponsored athletes who represent a wide range of sports, world champions, Olympians, and Olympic hopefuls. Well, that's pretty cool. So, long story short, I have been incorrectly surmising that this generic rock climber is Alex <laughs> Honnell. He is not, although Alex Honnell was a cliff bar athlete until 2014 when they cut him. They are no longer, he is no longer a Cliff Bar athlete and apparently was never on the cover of Cliff Bar. Um, but this must be old packaging because they got rid of this starting um, right. March 10th right. of 2020, or at least this is no longer the only cover they do. Now it has six different women on them uh, from a variety of backgrounds in their personal lives and in a variety of sports, including skateboarding, surfing, surfing, climbing, cycling, tennis, and soccer. Well, I am so glad we cleared that up. <laughs> and regardless of who's on the cover, cliff bars are fantastic. I like, I like them quite a bit. 
you kind of sounded like you were going into an ad there. <laughs> uh, and by the and this way, this ad break is brought to you by Cliff Bars. Are absolutely fantastic. With only 260 calories <laughs> for one Stop. serving of 68 grams with seven grams of fat and 260 oh, no. milligrams of sodium. The USA women secured multiple golds on day 16 of the Olympics, and that included women's indoor volleyball. They defeated Brazil for their first Olympic volleyball gold. So that's very exciting for us. Serbia for the, um, for the women secured the volleyball bronze in straight sets. In the men, France also won gold in five sets against Russia. And then also a five-set win. Argentina claims bronze over Brazil. I did watch Argentina and Brazil. There, there was a very uh, intense and fun match to watch. Let's go to surfing. So I watched surfing, extremely fun. A great event. I'm so happy that it's in the Olympics now. And basically they have 30 minutes to surf because tides come and go you can't like plan when they do so they do whatever tricks they see fit and they get scored on those tricks by multiple judges and then whoever has the highest score at the end of the 30 minutes wins so and in the qualifiers if you have the highest score you obviously qualify but you get eliminated if you have the lowest score so in review I watched a lot of it. I watched the first rounds of surfing and then the finals. So Team USA's Carissa Moore won surfing's first gold medal ever. That's pretty exciting because now it is a new sport being introduced and she is the first person to do it. And she is from Team USA. She's from, or she surfs in Hawaii, of course, the epicenter. And just very, very exciting. And, um, it's her first Olympic title. Ferreira had a huge Olympic wave that's on the men's side. He actually snapped his surfboard in the gold medal match. <laughs> so look that up. Italo Ferreira, his board snapped in half. And he won, because of that, he won his first Olympic surfing gold medal. So imagine that your board snaps in half, but you still win gold. And then we had a lot of Team USA surfers, including on the men's side, Kolohe Adino and John John Florence. Adino <clears throat> and Dino ended up eliminating Florence in the third round, but Kolohe actually did not really make it that far. Um, there were a lot of great, of great surfers, and it's kind of like skateboarding. You are either on that day or you aren't. So yeah, uh, the last sport that I'm gonna go over is table tennis. So China wins historic fifth Olympic table tennis gold for the men. Japan beat Korea and claimed bronze in the men's table tennis. And China also won their fourth straight gold in women's table tennis as well. And Hong Kong for the women win bronze in team table tennis so 
Um, just really, really exciting to finish off our we'll Olympic. Wikipedia tab. So, in the 1994 Winter Olympics, which was the attack on Nancy Kerrigan. Mm. So, in 1994, Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding were at the apex of their figure skating careers. They were very much fierce competitors, and they were pitted against each other by the media and the figure skating world. Now, if you don't know, the ISU, International Skating Union, um, is very intense. Even more intense than gymnastics, I would argue. Um, this was one of the biggest sports scandals of all time, and the movie I, Tanya with Margot Robbie is based on this scandal, and she does a great job. So, <clears throat> Kerrigan was the more graceful skater, very pretty, um, just kind of a Miss America, if you will. And Tanya did not look like her. And Tanya was more athletic. She was the one who landed, um, she was the first woman to land triple axel in competition ever which is really hard to do because you go into a triple axel backward. Um, and the media wanted her to be really pretty and like Kerrigan, but Tanya was like, no. <laughs> um, so it's very complicated, so bear with me. But after a practice, a practice session for the 1994 US Figure Skating Championships, okay, so that's right before trials, this was in Detroit. Harrigan came off the ice and was clubbed with a baton in the right knee by an assailant. And then he fled. Fellow skating star Michelle Kwan, who was 13 at the time, remembers Harrigan screaming in the moments after the attack. Just a week after the assault, the identity of the assailant came to light. He was a hitman hired by Harding's ex-husband. Jeff Galuli and his friend Sean Eckert in a bid to pave the way for Harding to make the qualifiers for the 1994 Olympics they decided to put Kerrigan out of commission now what makes this so controversial is did Harding know that this was going to happen and she still claims that she was not aware of the plan but she knew that something was up Despite the injury, Kerrigan went on to qualify for the Olympics, earning a silver medal in the 1994 games. Less than two months after the assault, Harding placed eighth, by the way. Um, Harding was then stripped of her 1994 national championship title and banned from competing in the U.S. figure skating world. Dang. It's very intense. And... The movie just goes way more into it than I could um, in a good amount of time. So please look that up, everyone. It is notorious and really, really interesting. The next and final Olympic scandal is actually one of my favorites to talk about. I've already talked about it on this podcast, but I'm going to talk about it again because I love it. So this was actually in Rio. The U.S. swim team. Yes. Elaborating a huge lie. Now, in 2016, Ryan Lochte was competing in the Rio Summer Olympics after being a very good threat to Michael Phelps in London. 
As a 12-time Olympic gold medalist and celebrated member of the United States swimming team, all eyes were already on him. But the scrutiny got even more intense when he and three of his teammates claimed they had been held up at gunpoint after a night out in Brazil. According to Lochte's initial account, the swimmers were robbed by men who appeared to be police officers. Lochte even added this detail. His teammates were dropped to the ground when faced with the gun, but he refused the attacker's orders. That just doesn't make sense. But Lochte's account fell apart quickly under probing from the Olympic officials, and eventually the true story crystallized. Lochte and the other swimmers were confronted by security guards after vandalizing a gas station bathroom. Notice they were drunk. Lochte ended up um, capitulating somewhat in an interview with the sense-disgraced NBC News host Matt Lauer, saying that he had over-exaggerated what had happened, but maintained that the events were open to interpretation. (laughs) No. The incident tarnished Lochte's reputation. Um, Now, he also got immediately after this happened, Speedo dropped him, Nike dropped him, all of his sponsors were like, okay, we're done. (laughs) So he actually went to Olympic trials this year, okay, in Omaha, but he failed to qualify. So he, it's very interesting because this whole incident happened, you know, he was charged with uh, submitting a false report and banned from the rest of the games. And had a period of absolutely no activity because no one wanted anything to do with him. And then just as finally, like people were starting to forget about this in 2018, he was banned again for a different reason. So as we know, doping is illegal. Okay. Um, now the thing is, Lochte had intravenous substances put into his veins, okay? But the thing is, the actual substance was legal and is legal under the Anti-Doping Association. But he put too much of it in a 12-hour period into his body. And they found out about that and they said, nope, that's against the rules. (laughs) Just because the substance is legal doesn't mean that there's not rules to go with it. So he was banned again until the, until this year's trials. So he's, he's had a lot going on. Thank you all so much for going with us on this Olympic journey. And we will definitely be ready to talk about Paris 2024 way before it's even available. So um, <laughs> because we both love the Olympics and we will definitely keep talking about it because, you know, we are both specialists in that. So um, tune into the Paralympics, show them love, get excited for Beijing 2022. That will start in February if you're into winter sports. Yes, absolutely. And all right. So this is Sportify. Please go subscribe to anywhere you get your podcast and all of our social medias.